The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Aaron Donald, and you're listening to Roster Watch. All right, folks, welcome back for the week seven edition of the rosterwatch.com tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert, and we've had some turnover on the market this week. So let's boogie. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping first, just some friendly advice. I know it's a long season, so sometimes we're looking for ways to streamline our efforts here. And I'd just like to give a couple of pointers. I mean, the first thing is we should certainly be targeting losing teams. So the fastest way to figure out you know the pool of available players in your league is really to target the losing teams they're the most likely um, to be able to shake somebody free from now the next um, order of business is do you have any players to sell if you don't have any players to sell then you could sit on the sideline and, uh, you know, take a breather. Last but not least, let's remember we also want to uh, target uh, teams that are having like bye week problems, which you're seeing a lot of here in week seven. And also a reminder that sometimes we could target players that are on bye because that creates kind of an artificial purchasing moment on a commodity that uh, may otherwise not be available. Of course, uh, we do have a litany of buys this week. The Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Jets, Titans, and Texans are all on buy this week. I mean, there's some prominent players across those teams that uh, if you have an interest, you may be able to toss some offers out there just because those guys um, are on the sideline uh, this week. Returning from week six buys, we have the Packers, and the Steelers, so maybe if there was players there that you were looking to move on from, or I guess potentially acquire, but more likely players you were looking to move on from that you had to put on ice there for a week, uh, you know, remember, you can dust those guys off and you can start to trade them again this week and um, get right back in the action. Thursday night football game, we have Jacksonville at New Orleans, so players from those teams are unlikely to see much movement this week. It's just a short turn time to get uh, too many deals done. Folks, we're going to just dive right into our top five trade moves of week seven of the week seven fantasy football trade market right here on the rosterwatch.com trade cast. Some of these are certainly familiar names we've talked about in recent weeks. Luckily, we've had some turnover elsewhere, but 
I'd say that the uh, top move of the week, oh boy, this is tough, actually, now when I look at it. I actually think the top move of the week, the more I look at this, is going after Devontae Adams, player we've talked about at various times uh, so far this season, coming off of another down game, 3.9 points in half-point PPR. It's two down games in a row for Devontae Adams, and he's only had four and a half targets per game over the last two games. Four targets in week five and five targets in week six. Meanwhile, Jacoby Myers, who we told you about from camp, has been soaking up a lot of targets and a lot of touchdowns. I mean, there were concerns at camp, just kind of twofold. Uh, Where was the chemistry with Adams and Garoppolo, which really there shouldn't be a whole, you know, they're on the same schedule as Garoppolo's been with Jacoby Myers. So that's no excuse. The bigger explanation might be that Garoppolo is more of an intermediate passer. Not that Adams is an, you know, only a deep threat, but Garoppolo is a guy who tends to look a little more underneath. We may see that manifesting a little bit. We may see all this manifesting a little bit and, Adams looks awesome, and he's still the player that he's always been. It's all about the opportunity here, where talent meets opportunity. Talent's still elite. I think the opportunity is less than it's been. We've been accustomed to it with Devontae Adams, and maybe we need to accept that. Still, like this is obviously a guy we're willing to take our chances on. Has plenty of upside. If he gets the targets, it's clear as day he's still a top three to five guy. I mean. If he was with an elite quarterback situation, an elite offense, I mean, Adams could easily still be capable of the number one fantasy wide receiver just from a talent perspective. He still looks that good. And we got a whole slew of matchups here for Adams all the way until the week 13 bye. So this is not a guy you have to worry about. The next three weeks look good with Chicago, Detroit, and New York. There's a lot to, uh, I think, be interested in here with Devontae Adams when we have a moment to buy low, and I think we know he has a certain role in the offense, and we know you can be pretty certain you're getting a good player here. You know what you're getting with Devontae Adams. I think that's why here at the last minute during the live recording of the Week 7 Tradecast, I made a pivot here to pursuing Devontae Adams as our number one trade priority of the week. Right behind that, though, I mean, these, all of these guys are top. These are actually big-time trade priority. I don't want to understate this. Some weeks we come on here and we say, okay, these guys are buys or they're sells, but they're not bust buys or they're not must sells. These guys are must-pursue if you are a winning team that's in a position of luxury to do so. Quickly followed behind Devontae Adams, Jonathan Taylor. Look, week six was better than week five for Jonathan Taylor, but still nothing at all for his managers to be excited about. After they absorbed the first what month of the season, nothing. And they had to spend mid-round draft capital on Taylor. Now we get the news. Anthony Richardson is out for the season. You know the Colts aren't going to be contenders. I think there is a real concern that this... I mean, we know that this, this talent is supreme. And we know that Taylor got paid a boatload of money. But I think logic dictates here that this really... Could still be, to some large extent, a committee the rest of the season to preserve their uh, highly paid 
running back in a base season that's you know obviously going to be lost, especially when Zach Moss is running on all cylinders right now. I mean, think about Zach Moss's. We always thought he was a little better than demonstrated at the early portion of his career here with Buffalo. But at this point, I think we also know Zach Moss is not as good as we're seeing. Like This has just been an amazing run that Zach Moss has been on. We'll talk about him a little bit, perhaps on the sell side in a few, you know, a little bit later in this episode. But I think for now, I mean, you just have to say, okay, Jonathan Taylor, he's a stud. We know he's light years better than Zach Moss. They paid him a ton of money. But I think we have to temper our expectations. I don't think we get the fullest form of Jonathan Taylor this year. Maybe we do. Maybe eventually do. I, let's not eliminate that from the possible outcomes. I, I think it's less likely that we're going to get the full expression of Jonathan Taylor's sickness this year. That, that said, I think he's still nothing but meat on the bone and upside ahead for Taylor. He, I mean, he, he should seize this lead role. And clearly, they're good at running the ball. They're good with the offensive line. Um, if they were a competitive team, if they turn out to be in that division, which isn't that incredible, then Taylor really could, you know, just, you know, catapult straight to the top of the running back ranking. So it is, it is, it is possible. I don't want to eliminate that possibility. I guess where I'm at on this is it's just a calculated risk. It's Jonathan Taylor there's still a buy low moment. I mean, his, his managers cannot be satisfied and I don't think they're married to him at this point. And I think there's some percentage of leagues that are truly managers of Jonathan Taylor are truly worried that Zach Moss has turned this into a full blown timeshare, at least for the foreseeable future. They may or may not uh, be correct, but I think you can play on that fear and you know, we're always going to be on the other side. We want to take a crack at going going big here so let those other guys maybe they're maybe maybe they're right maybe they're not right with their fear maybe we're right maybe we're not right with our being a little more bullish on taylor but at the end of the day he's the kind of guy we want to take a crack at because we want to win our fantasy championships quickly behind jonathan taylor if you're a winning team if you're an undefeated or a one loss team in my opinion you should be in a hot hot pursuit of justin jefferson right now I mean, use your own senses here and, of course, evaluate the news and the information as it comes in. I know there's some concern about how how severe the injury is, how long the injury is going to keep him out. Then you start hearing about trade rumors with Kirk Cousin. He's saying he's not going to waive his no-trade clause. But then you wonder, does this turn into a lost season for them? And maybe the whole thing unravels. But there's a lot that can go wrong in fantasy football. So this is one we just take our chances with. If it doesn't work out, it just wasn't our year. But... We sure as hell tried, and if I got a nuclear team and I got a deep bench, I'd go after Justin Jefferson from a struggling owner right now. Put him on, uh, put him on the roster, and if he if and when he returns, which I think he will, you know this is it's going to be it could be a, a league winning move, and that's what we're looking to do right here on the Week Seven Fantasy Football Trade Market. Devin A-Chain, Devon A-Chain, Devon A-Chan, however you would like to pronounce it. We've got a few different combinations here. Uh, Also, on the buy side. So let's call that move number four. Our uh, uh, move number one, Devontae Adams. 
That's our top trade mandate of the week is to pursue Devontae Adams in your league. Number two, pursue Jonathan Taylor in your league. This is our top five trade uh, moves of the week in week seven. Uh, Move number three, pursue Justin Jefferson if you're an undefeated or one-loss team in your league and stash him away to hope to go nuclear later in the season. Uh, Move number four, trade priority number four, uh, the uh, fourth Highest priority move of the week on the trade market is for winning teams that are playing long on the season at this point to take a stab at Devon Achan. His price is only going to go up. I think this is the ideal time to go after him, especially after Mostert had that huge breakout. His owners have to be questioning themselves a little bit. And if they're not a undefeated or one lost team or if, if they're a middling team they're going to be worried if they're a losing team they're super worried and i'd say this is your chance and i mean boy if you if we could um uh, uh recreate if david devon achan is able to come in and recreate what we saw the last uh few weeks uh late in the season that is surely to be a boon for your fantasy fortunes uh, and then move number five, this is one we've been hammering on. This is our uh, final recommendation uh, of our top five trade moves of the week seven fantasy football trade market on the rosterwatch.com trade cast. This is one we've been hammering for a few weeks now. We're going to just keep hammering it until we hammer it home. Alexander Madison, boy, it's just a little disappointing because he finished just a hair short of really what should be tremendous marketability. He had 9.2 half-point PBR fantasy points in week six, which is nothing to sneeze at. And you can basically claim that's 10 points or a double-digit outing, but it's just so much prettier if you'd looked down and seen 10 or 11 points there because had he been able to technically reach double-digit fantasy points this last week, we could have said Alexander Madison was double-digit fantasy points in five of his last six games with four in a row. And he got massive volume in week six, which is what we've all been worried about with the emergence of Cam Akers. He had, if not his biggest volume of the season in week six, nearly his biggest volume, no buy until week 13. I mean, I read all this off and I wonder, am I undervaluing Alexander Madison? Um, But no, we're just going to trust our eyes. We don't like what we see. And then of course we outlined the issues with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins just a few minutes ago, I think all that plays in. And look, I don't. I, other people are in your league are keen to this. I've tried shopping him, and it's not like people are just snap calling on a deal when you send Madison over. But I think you keep massaging these deals, keep working them. I mean, he, he's if, in, from a value perspective, production on this season, Madison's been a nice player. So if I could, I'd try to move on from him. Um, he's clearly not a valuable enough of a player to really be able to liquidate for a whole lot. I think if you're a losing team. I mean, maybe you could split him into two lower, you know, high uh, high upside guys, but I find that a less likely scenario. Mostly with Madison, what you're looking to do is take him, package him with another player that, you know, presumably you're also believe you're selling high on, and go buy one of these, go after one of these buy low dudes we're talking about. I mean, God, I don't know if they'll go for it, but sure does seem like you should be able to take Madison and somebody else and package them together and go after Jonathan Taylor at this point. And no, that's not going to work in 100% of leagues, but gosh, it feels like there should be some portion of leagues where something along those lines 
could happen. So those are our top five moves of the Week 7 Fantasy Football trade market. Let's go after Devontae Adams. Let's go after Jonathan Taylor. If we are a winning team with a pristine record operating from a position of strength and luxury from the driver's seat, then we're, we're really lathered up to go after Justin Jefferson. I mean, we could be all, I could be convinced to really... Uh, to really go hard and heavy after Justin Jefferson if if I have a team that's in position to do so. And then De- Devon Achen, I'd say to a little lesser extent, but you know, kind of that same uh, thought process. And of course, the uh, number five move of this week is to continue hammering the sale of Alexander Madison while the marketability is still uh, there. All right, let's pivot back to some other guys that we may want to buy on in week seven that weren't maybe our top five moves of the week. Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles doesn't sound like it's anything, but there's a little note about his hamstring today and some limitations in practice. That's a, That was a new thing that's popped up. and But maybe it's an explanation for limited production in recent weeks. Look, three out of the last four games, no good for Devontae Smith in real life or for fantasy, including last two games in a row. Uh, that said, if you peel back the onion a little bit, he had a season-high 11 targets last week, which is so disappointing with another um, lackluster uh, output by Devontae Smith. That said, we got two good matchups on deck. We love the offense. We love the talent. I'm telling Devontae Smith looked better in camp this year than he did last year. I mean, he's going to be a boom-bust guy, but he's just in the end, he's going to mount, in my opinion, probably very nice wide receiver two numbers. He's a good player and a good offense. We're happy to roster him. Absolutely happy to roster him. And I expect a big breakout from Devontae Smith any minute now. Um, so if he's available in my league, I'm certainly interested. T. Higgins, Bengals, going on by. I mean, God, I mean, he's he's back, but he still hadn't done anything. He hadn't done anything on the season, and now they're on by. So I think Higgins is a really smart guy to go after this week. I mean, I, I still am... My my feeling is he's still going to eventually get into rhythm and be a nice fantasy player, and he really feels like he could be had for almost nothing at this point. And so I would take my chances pursuing T. Higgins. That's probably a move I'll try to make in my own leagues uh, this week. Garrett Wilson, we talked about him last week. I mean, really unfortunate uh, the season he that could have been for Garrett Wilson. That said, like he's starting to show out a little bit here lately, and. We like what we're seeing from the Jets, and they got a good stretch coming up. Again, Garrett Wilson, the Jets on by this week. This is one of these purchasing moments. I think Garrett Wilson would be a really shrewd player to make a move on this week while he's on by. Uh, if you're, you know, we're talking the the Jet the the bye week players right now. You know, Tony, I think Ceedee Lamb and Tony Pollard basically shut their trade windows slammed shut this last week, but the Cowboys are on by. I'd say Pollard is still maybe a little more concerns about Pollard than Lamb at this point. So maybe there's um, you know something there, and then really Titans Texans not a whole lot I'm interested in there. I mean I suppose there could be some kind of Derrick Henry interest that could exist on uh, the Titans side of things. Again the teams that are on by this week um, that create. Uh, opportunity to represent opportunities to potentially pursue players from those rosters on the trade market uh, for your fantasy team. James Cook, 
Running back Buffalo, his role has devolved some in recent weeks. Two down games in a row, and we wouldn't have been that concerned, but literally like the snap counts and the touches are devolving as the season goes on too. That is worrisome from a guy that you all weren't sure he was ever going to be able to seize. You know, we, we thought he'd take the lead role, but how much volume could he really handle? I mean, all this honestly kind of makes sense given what we know about James Cook's stature and even the kind of player he was in college, um, that they're going to manage his reps a little bit. So I think we bring expectations down, but clearly two down games in a row, lead running back for one of the best teams, one of the best offenses in the league, no buy until week 13, really a pretty good schedule for James Cook. Uh, I, I can certainly be interested if I need help at the flex or running back position and pursuing James Cook, running back of the Buffalo Bills on the fantasy football trade market this week. Bijan Robinson, don't really think you can buy in on him. Uh, but I just He's one of these guys, we said it last week, I think there's still meat on the bone, meaning depending on how he's valued in your league, I think that even if you had to pay like market value for street street price for him, I do think there's some upside there, so I don't hate it, but he's just such a good player. I think he's been very difficult to pry loose. He's certainly not a buy low. I think the one thing that's worth mentioning about Bijan is three out of his last four games, only between eight and ten fantasy points in half point PPR. Austin Eckler, same thing. Like I think there's no way you're gonna pry him loose. His window is is most likely shut. In my opinion, we had we had a few weeks there where we could get Eckler, but now they're off the bye, and you know he came back and he played without limitation. Uh, the only reason I mention him is because the return was only an eight point game, so it's not like he came back and blew anybody away. That said, I think he's still close to being an untouchable given his draft capital, his, the type of player we know he is, the overall upside. Uh, the fact that his owners absorbed the injury and the bye and now another bad game. I think he will be difficult to pry loose. So I wouldn't spend much time there, but I, it is worth noting Austin Eckler in his return only had eight point fantasy games. So not his managers certainly aren't thrilled about that. And then kind of similar to Bijan, I think there's more there with Eckler, obviously. Only 20% touchdown dependent on the season. Again, even if you had to pay street price for Austin Eckler, I, there is some upside to be to be had there. So, uh, probably a very small percentage of leagues where Bijan Robinson or Austin Eckler, a deal could get done for either one of them. But certainly, guys, that if we can get proper, you know, pricing, fair pricing, fair deal, uh, we we would certainly be happy to acquire on the fantasy football trade market. And then Aaron Jones. Again, similar situation. I mean, he's got an incredible matchup this week. Uh, coming off the bye after missing basically the whole season outside of, I think, week one with the, the injury. It was like a hamstring injury. Um, his managers have absorbed all that, and they're probably pretty lathered up about playing him this week. Um, so I think, again, un, maybe not super likely he's available, but... A guy that we like, I like, I like Aaron. He may, you know, I'm not sure. We like him. We might like him more than some of his managers do. I mean, at this point, I mean, we don't like A.J. Dillon. We like the matchup this week. We like Jordan Love. You know, so again, probably not a guy you get some kind of reduced price on, but maybe a guy that's not 
so coveted that he that um, he can't be acquired. And at the very least, I think that you're going to get what you pay for with Aaron Jones the rest of the season, and I think that'll make you pretty happy. All right, keep moving along here on the sell side. Other sell targets of the Week 7 fantasy football trade market. Guys, let's keep pounding the sales uh, market for Cortland Sutton. It sure would be nice if Jerry Judy got traded. We would really like that. But Sutton just living on touchdowns, man. It's unbelievable. He's actually been pretty good for fantasy on the season. We've said, come on here, we say it every week, but not a situation we trust. A lot of indicators that say he's a sell or a sell high. And, you know, not a must sell. But if we could move on from Cortland Sutton after we've kind of quit while you're ahead with Cortland Sutton is the view I I would take. Drake London, guys, I mean, I think he's probably mostly a keep at this point. Looks like a nice keep with a good upcoming stretch of fantasy matchups. Um, we had one one of those this last week, but there's plenty more on the horizon for Drake London. And really bona fide wide receiver two production in the last five weeks for Drake London, the young wide receiver in Atlanta. What I would say is, Obviously, we're not thrilled about the quarterback of the offense, and we've seen the downside. We're still fearful of that. Um, so I think kind of where our head's at is Drake London is a keep. I think it's working out for Drake London managers. And I, I, honestly, I think the outlook is good to continue on a similar trajectory it's been at Reese. I think you got a wide receiver too here in Drake London, which is very welcome news. But that said... He's strung together such a nice game log the last five weeks. If he has that kind of luster in your league, he's the kind of guy we would be willing to move if we could package him up and get a mega player in return. Uh, We're not sure if you can, though. I don't know what the marketability is in your league. Even though the game log is good, it feels just like the general air about Drake London is probably still not great. So, um not sure what the prospects are of actually getting something done, but certainly worth a shot if you see a ripe opportunity in your league to trade Drake London in a package deal for an elite player in return. Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I think he's probably a keep, but I would still try to sell him if I could. I mean, we're really seeing Cream Hunt cut into the work share. That said, Ford still looks quite good and put up decent fantasy numbers, and is still the lead guy. Um, and I don't know how marketable he is, given all the dynamics at this point. But Ford is probably a keep, and I think he's a fine keep, but he's a guy that we would try to sell if we could and uh, get on level up to a better player in return. Zach Moss, he's been incredible since week two, including two monsters. It's just absolutely eye-popping to see that points per game on the season, half-point PPR, Zach Moss is RB4 on the season, which we just know. I mean, we, we know that that just can't, that simply cannot be sustained, which by definition makes him a sell high. Just the craziest season, points per game on the season. The top five fantasy running backs on the year are Devon Achan, Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, Zach Moss, and Kyron Williams. Uh, not a uh, a roll call you would have expected to make uh, even just one month uh, ago. Um, I don't know what you could fetch for Zach Moss. Obviously, everybody knows Jonathan Taylor's back. It's hard to say, but the, the, the profile is so good, and the recent and 
for snap count and production, even with Jonathan Taylor back, is so good. I mean, you might have league mates that view him as some kind of flex. Like maybe there's a desperate owner that needs two guys this week. And you could package up Zach Moss and another player and ship him over. And like, I mean, hard to say that you don't think Zach Moss can be a decent play this week. So I think that's the way to try to leverage him is to try to exploit somebody's plight and move on from Zach Moss while you can, because I think it's more likely than not that as the season progresses, uh, he's going to become a bench guy and may eventually become totally uh, worthless. Michael Pittman, we've talked about it. You just got to decide what to do with him with that offense, that target volume. I, you know, I, I think I tend to sell him, um, you know, massive target volume, limited production, uh, let's see here. Let's look up Michael Pittman really quick. Michael Pittman is coming off a 16-point game at Jacksonville. That's why I put him in here. I think it's time to try. I think it's time to try to sell him. So he's a key. Michael Pittman, based on volume. I mean, God, he's four out of six games. He's had 11 targets or more. And he's only scored one touchdown on the season. So this is not a touchdown-dependent player. So there is upside here in theory. But we understand it's a this is a rough offense, a rough quarterback situation. So, you know, probably undervalued to some extent prior to this breakout, which is why we've talked to him in the episodes past. Meaning Pittman's probably a decent keep. That said, if you can capitalize on the big performance in week six, 14 targets, 109 yards, 16.4 fantasy points. I would certainly go for it. I just don't know how much we can rely on the Indianapolis Colts passing game uh, rest of season. George Pickens, boom bust profile. We talked about him a few weeks ago, but then he went on by, so you were kind of handcuffed. Not much you could do. Well, now he's returning. He's returning this week. Uh, George Pickens, let's see what kind of matchup it is here. It's a tough matchup against the Rams. Not an impossible matchup, but a tough-ish matchup at the Rams uh, this week. But I think the, the the big thing is is that if you look at Pickens' game log, he had a big game in his last game before the bye. So you wanted to try to sell off of that. Well, now you have Deontay Johnson returning this week. And you just know that in an offense that's really not that prolific to begin with, I mean, that's certain to uh, reduce Pickett's prospects rest of the seasons. And and, and your league mates may be keen to it at this point. That said, I think like this is probably... Really, you should try to sell them two weeks ago. Um, But if you can, returning from the bye, maybe you could still make a move now before the cat is all the way out of the bag on uh, George Pickens maybe coming back down to earth here rest of season with the Deontay Johnson return. Uh, you know, another one where he most, I think we have to talk about, I mean, it's just a really interesting case with uh, Raheem Mostert because there's so much to his profile that is a sell high that says this guy's value is totally inflated and we should cash in on it. You know, while we can, I mean, 54% touchdown dependency for Raheem Mostert on the season. Historically, simply 
a totally unsustainable rate by a giant margin. Even if you give them some slack for the fact that this is the Dolphins and they just score a ridiculous amount of points. 15.5 touches per game on the season for Mostert. If you zoom out, that would be a classic sell-high profile, 54% touchdown dependency, 15 touch on the season, producing at RB3 on the season in points per game. That's right. I mean, RB3 on the season, points per game, Raheem Mostert. I mean, that's all you need to hear, right? We know he's in a great situation. We know he's a good fit. Clearly, even though he's getting older, like the player is still quite good. But you just, common sense says there's no way Raheem Mostert is ultimately that caliber, RB3. And so while he's riding that high, that's a sell-high profile. Like, can you capitalize? I mean, the guy's had a 41-point game this season. He's had a 33-point game this season. So not only is he good, but he's capable of enormous upside uh, in any any given week. He was still good when Devon Achan was in there. So it's like there's all these mixed things going on uh, with Mostert, the next two to three games, two out of three next matchups for Mostert are tough matchups on paper. You know, given, you know, the Dolphins are so prolific that you discount that a factor a little bit more than maybe you usually would. But the fact is, he's got two out of three next tough matchups for Mostert. Then there's a bye. And then you would assume that A-Chan is rece- will be returning uh, not that long, you know, after that. So... Gosh, there's a lot of sell high stuff there, but the other side of it is, you know, can you really even upgrade? I mean, who are you going to upgrade to? I mean, we've talked about it. I don't think you're trading most of it for any of the dudes we're talking about right now because in the end, fantasy is a game of racking up wins, trying to win this week. We're always trying to win this week. I mean, not at the sacrifice of the future, but it's like sales. Sales, you're trying to get somebody to spend money with you today. Right, So it's the same thing with wins in fantasy. You want to get those wins today. And Mostert, it's a very strong argument. You just ride him and rack up the wins right now. Even with the tough matchups, who cares? It's the Dolphins. Ride Mostert, rack up the wins, maybe reevaluate in a couple of weeks. You know, Or heading into the bye or coming back from the bye. You know, you know he's still probably going to be good when A-Chan returns. So, in the end, I think he really is, Mostert is just a really interesting case of a sell-high profile that ultimately is a hold. And prudent people, what they will be doing is just riding that horse and getting all the wins they can right now with Raheem Mostert in their fantasy lineups. All right, folks, let's uh, see if we can construct a couple of mock deals here uh, before we get you out the door and on your way to your own trade uh, wheelings and dealings for week seven. Let's say we want to go after Jonathan Taylor. Could we send, I mean, we talked about it. Can we send Alexander Madison and Cortland Sutton? Boy, that's a lot to give up. I think that's more than you'll have to give up, but it's a deal I would do. And I think it's a deal that Jonathan owner, Taylor owner would, would take. Um, could you do Alexander Madison and George Pickens? You know, maybe that's another way to do it. Could you do uh Cortland, could you do Drake London for Jonathan Taylor straight up? I think you could. I think you could. Could you do uh, uh, Cortland Sutton and Michael Pittman for Jonathan Taylor? 
I don't see honestly. I don't see why you couldn't. If the other, if the other uh, team you're in talks with is good at running back and they need wide receivers, I don't see why you couldn't get something along those lines um, done. Uh, let's see here. What about Justin Jefferson? Again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Cortland Sutton, Drake London, Madison. If you're deep at running back and Madison's a bench guy for you, or you've cultivated other options and he's no longer always a clear-cut starter for you. I mean, I'd trade all those dudes for Justin Jefferson if I was in a position of luxury to do so. If it wasn't going to cost me wins right now that are like precious uh, wins uh, right now. Devon Achan, Devontae, uh, we talked about Adams earlier. Can you go Madison for Adams? Madison from Sutton for Adams. Sutton and London for Adams. I I think there's things to be done here. There's Pitt. You know, Pickens and Pittman, Jerome Ford and Pittman for Adams. God, it feels like you might be able to get something uh, done like that. Uh, let's see here. Devontae Smith. If I wanted Devontae Smith, what would I go in? I mean, sometimes these moves are what we call kind of like a like a, like a lateral move, a one-for-one one, uh, trade where we're, you know, essentially trying to like maybe balance our roster, right? So maybe we're deep at running back but short at wide receiver. Well, can you trade Jerome Ford or Zach Moss for Devontae Smith or T. Higgins or Garrett Wilson? Like, I think you could do something along those lines. If I wanted James Cook, what could I do for James Cook? You know, maybe I could do Drake London from, uh, for James Cook or Sutton plus Zach Moss for James Cook. Guys, I think there's some deals that can be done with our uh, top targets on the Week 7 Fantasy Football Trade Market. All right, folks, uh, there you have it uh, for week seven. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Roster Watch. <laughs>